know, that's what this whole series is about, his presence. Sometimes uh, we can mistake uh, phrases like his presence is here. With we, we, can, we can think about that in the way, thinking that he was absent, and then all of a sudden he's here. That's been right now one of the biggest messages, uh, one of the biggest truths that I hope we're getting from this series is that his presence is never away from us. His presence is never apart from us. I heard that in what Joel was just speaking. I heard that in what we were, what the Holy Spirit was saying during our time of worship earlier. And he's been saying that to us for these last few weeks. It's so important to know that he's with us at all times, that he's never left us, never forsaken us. There wasn't a low too low to where he wasn't there with you. There's not a height that's so high he can't get there with you. He is with you. Saying that his presence is here is more about us changing our position than him changing his position. We're the ones who fluctuate, right? We're the ones who sometimes get a little off track. I know I've shared this a whole lot with you guys over the years, but it just blows me away every time I think about it. One of the guys uh, on the first spaceship that ever went to the moon said they didn't actually even uh, have have uh, legitimate, like perfect coordinates laid out. They just literally shot the rocket up out of the Earth's atmosphere and directed it towards the moon and then corrected their path at least once every two or three minutes because they would get so off course going to the moon. I think about that all the time. Because you know what? The path to the moon didn't change, but our trajectory changes sometimes because of our own choices, our own mistakes. Our attention is on everything else around us instead of on the Lord. But when our attention turns to Him in a moment, when our attention turns to Him, do you know what we do? We enter a place in His presence that we were not before. Amen. And it is through acknowledging. It's through our intention. Boy, I want to keep talking about that today. There is uh, a season that, that a lot of believers talk about. We've all experienced it. You might be feel, you might feel like you're in one of these seasons right now. But the season is called waiting. Anybody know that season? The season when you are waiting on the Lord. You can go ahead and raise your hands. Have you ever experienced it? Have you ever experienced it? Right? Some of you are like, yep. The experience that I'm experiencing right now. Well, there's some misconceptions about the season of waiting as well. If we're not careful, those destinations, they're fun, right? Those destinations, the things God's put on our hearts, we get excited about it. It's what our trajectory is going towards. It's what everything we're doing is pointing us to. But let me tell you, that waiting season does not have to be a drag. That waiting season does not have to feel like defeat. Mm -hmm. There can be just as much joy in the waiting as there is in the destination. There can be just as much peace. There can be just as much excitement, pleasure in the waiting as there is in the destination. Amen. You know, as a dad, we think back to to big moments in our kids' lives, and we look forward to them when they're young, right? The rites of passages. Uh, the first tooth, I don't know, crawling, walking. Did Judas skip that? He started crawling and walking. He just started running. And jumping off things. Where some kids walked, Judas just jumped off stuff. He was real little. And if you were anywhere close by, you could catch him with one hand. So he was pretty safe. 
But uh, graduation from high school, graduation from college, marriage, having kids. These are great destinations, but as a parent, can you imagine if your only joy was found in those moments? And some of the greatest moments of my life was when Judah was, you know, 14 pounds at like six years old, dressed like Nacho Libre, <laughs> jumping off the couch, grab, like, grabbing onto the fan in our room, spinning around and falling into my heart. I mean, like, he, he, we wrestled all the time. We threw each other. He threw, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> that journey has been just as much fun as every one of the destination moments. Every time my kids reach a new uh, place in life, it's so exciting. Judah just made the middle school baseball team. Wherever he's at, he's probably embarrassed right now, but he just made the middle school baseball team. And I'm so excited to see my son play middle school baseball. I'm so excited. He's got a good chance of being the starting right fielder. In sixth grade, this is great. I'm so excited. But you know what? I've loved every time we've ever gone to the yard and thrown baseballs together and played catch. And when I've gone to the batting cage and done soft toss with him, helped him out with his swing. And those are the times we've actually had the most fun. I'm not just living for those rites of passages. I'm living for all these moments. As a believer, sometimes, though, we get so caught up in that moment, that destination. When I get there, then... I'll be fulfilled. Then I'll be happy. When the Lord is saying, wait a second, I'll be with you when you get there, but I'm with you right now. That's right. Doesn't this sound a little bit like the Mary and Martha we talked about last week? I'm going to keep saying this. Martha wasn't doing bad things. But Mary was doing the better thing. Martha was busy. And she was busy with good work. She was cooking. She was cleaning for Jesus. Mary was just sitting at his feet and Jesus said, she's made the better choice. Man, if we're living for the destinations, it's a lot more like Martha than it is Mary. Because Mary was just there in the moment. Yeah. She had a moment that Martha would never have. That particular moment at the feet of Jesus. And Martha missed it. And there's so many times in life we're missing these moments. Because instead of acknowledging the presence of God, we're so caught up. I've got to get there. I've got to be there. there there's this great truth that we find in the Hebrew word for waiting. So here I'm going to read this scripture. It's one of the first where we hear this word waiting. Psalm 25, 5. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. This Hebrew word is the word kavah. And it actually means to tie together by twisting, to wrap tightly or to entwine. So we're, when we're not careful, we can get this idea of waiting means I'm just sitting here waiting. Like waiting for dad to pick you up after school. That was an adventure for me and my sister every day of our lives. Those times he got there right on time. Those times he got there a couple hours late and never had an explanation for any of it. We sat there at Forest View and waited every day for our dad. Waiting on the Lord is a little different. This is not an act of stillness. It's not a, a, a period when you're just this kind of blank stare doing nothing, but it has to do with entwining mm, our heart so to the heart of the Lord. Amen. Isn't that what playing catch in the yard is doing? Mm. Right? Isn't that what going to this event or that event, spending time with your kids, watching a goofy movie and laughing? Isn't that what it's about? Your hearts being entwined together? Yeah. It makes all those other moments even more sweet. 
It makes that graduation walk even more filled with pride and, and, and happiness. To wait on the Lord is to entwine our heart to His heart. To spend that time acknowledging His presence in every moment and feel yourself become wrapped more and more tightly around Him and His purpose for you than ever before. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? Because that takes that waiting period out of the realm of, well, it's just wasted time. And what it does is it gives it more purpose than anything else you'll ever do. It gives that more purpose than anything else. Because you know what we're going to be doing for eternity? It's wrapping our heart around the heart of the Father. And let me tell you, eternity is not going to be long enough for us to get to the place where it's tight enough. Because there's always going to be more. There's so much more depth to him than we can imagine. Isaiah 40, 31 talks about this as well. You might know this one by heart. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Do you know why your strength becomes renewed in the waiting? Because you're wrapping your heart around the heart of the Lord. That's they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The next verse says, even the youth get tired and faint. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how old you feel. When you are waiting on the Lord and you're spending that time acknowledging and enjoying His presence in your life, you will run. And during that waiting period, you won't grow weary. Don't just keep running. So good, man. Keep running. You walk and not faint. <laughs> this is good, good news. Yeah. This makes the waiting just as much fun as the destination. Yeah. This means the journey is just as much a part of your calling yeah. as the destination. Yeah. I believe every one of you in here have dreams in your heart that God put there. Some of you, I feel like, uh, might be battling this thought, Lord, if this dream isn't your dream. Let me tell you, I think he's more concerned about your dreams than you think. Because Jesus invited us into a relationship that looks a lot more like friendship and a lot more like less and a lot less like slavery. He said it with his own That's words. Right. He said you are no longer slaves, but I call you friends. Do you know friends? It's a different relationship than master servant. Because you're not concerned about I gotta accomplish this work, I have to accomplish this. You're really just concerned. About pleasure. I want to please you as a friend, and you want to please me as a friend. We want to have a, a, a relationship where we're enjoying each other's company, and it becomes more about the relationship than the work mm -hmm. as you become a friend. Doesn't that sound like entwining your heart together? Doesn't it sound like growing with somebody? You become less concerned. How can I work for them? And more concerned with just walking in a relationship. Mm, it's powerful. And, and, and you see it through and throughout the Bible. Martha was concerned with the work. Mary was concerned with the relationship. But did it mean there wasn't work that needed to be done? There's a time for it, right? And you can take the presence of the Lord with you in every moment. Mm. 
But it becomes more about the relationship and less about the work. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you're my friends since I've told you everything the Father told me. And that's when their focus shifted a little bit from commandments to presence, mm. from assignment to relationship. And that's awesome. Some of us are so concerned with the assignment that we lose the relationship. Mm. Think about that as a parent. Any relationship you have. Man, is my goal just to raise these kids, get them out of the house? <laughs> that's not my goal. In fact, I kind of would like it if they just stuck around the house, right? <laughs> I don't get super excited when I think about them leaving. I want them close. I enjoy them. I think they enjoy me and Lisa. We have a good time. <laughs> Notice Jimmy's on the front row today, because last week we found him underneath the sound of playing Rocket League. <laughs> PK. <laughs> he was definitely get out of the house now. <laughs> Listen, parenthood is not about the assignment. That's an important right. part. It's important to raise productive human beings. Amen. Right? Yeah. It's important to teach your kids how to live. It's important. But rules and no relationship equal rebellion every time. That's right. You've got to have that relationship part. And that's what religion will do with your faith. It'll give you all the rules and take away the relationship. Mm. Yeah. Good. That's what happened during the time of Jesus. These Pharisees were all about uh, knowing every scripture by heart. They, I mean, if you read the details and the work they put in just to put on a good show, it will wear you out just reading about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. It was all religion and no relationship. It was all assignment and no presence. And when your life becomes all assignment and no presence, you become only about those moments. Mm -hmm. And the longer that That's waiting true. is, the more depressed and depression you battle. Yeah. The more anxiety you battle. The more fear you battle. The more you battle this idea. Listen, if you want to know if you're there in any way, have you thought about this lately? I'm too old. You start thinking like that when it's assignment and not presence. Has my time come and gone? Did I miss it? Mm. That's assignment and not presence. Yeah. Is it too late? That's assignment and not presence. Mm. It's good. It's really good, man. Have I missed the boat? That's assignment and not presence. Presence is right here. Yeah. Presence is right now. And yeah. if we waste every moment <laughs> at the feet of Jesus, yeah. that's going to be a life well spent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It ignites the waiting with more passion and excitement than you've ever felt before. Mm -hmm. I remember this great trip we took as a youth group to acquire the fire <laughs> in Jacksonville, Florida. That's quite a drive, right? Especially when you're young. Uh, that, that's quite a drive. I remember all of us loading in vans. I was in one of the vans with some of my best buddies. That trip felt like it was 20 minutes. It was so much fun. We laughed the whole way. We goofed off. 
I remember enjoying a choir with fire. I remember some moments, but what I remember even more about that trip was the van ride goofing off with my friends. Their dad probably remembers that too because I mean, it was loud and obnoxious. I'm sure we watched Star Wars on VHS. And it's a lot of fun. <laughs> But that's what I remember even about that trip. It was the journey. The destination was great. We enjoyed it. But that's what it's like so many times in our lives. The waiting is the time to wrap your heart around the heart of the Father. Mm. Get away from that idea of complete the assignment. Complete the assignment. That will all come as you wrap your heart around His you actually get infused with that purpose. Mm. Every choice you make on accident becomes more directed towards your purpose than you could ever make that on your own. <laughs> you just find yourself in the right place at the right time. Is that not what happened with the disciples as they spent time with Jesus? They followed him. If you read the Gospels, sometimes it feels like he's just walking around town like with no direction. He ends up at a well. Then he ends up preaching to a whole town. He ends up walking past the guy in a tree and he ends up at a house. He ends up walking past the temple. And as a 12-year-old, he's just teaching and people are being astounded by the depth of wisdom and revelation that's coming out of him. But man, as you wrap your heart around this, it ignites you with more purpose than ever. And sometimes... We have to clear some room up here for that to happen. Mm -hmm. You got to declutter up here Amen. to get to the point when you're acknowledging Him. Because up here, and we're not, we're not all the way there. None of us are. We have thoughts sometimes that I mean, we, we run into fear, we run into anxiety, the enemy's throwing lies at us. That's all processed right up here. The same place in our brain that we have to use in our mind to acknowledge Him gets filled up with so much junk. Mm. You gotta declutter that. You gotta get the clutter out of here and make room for His presence. Mm. You gotta declutter up here and practice the presence of God. And let me tell you, there'll be times in life it might feel like you're killing it and it's easy. There'll be times when it's difficult. This is the month of February. It's Black History Month. I love celebrating some of the heroes of our faith yes. that have paved the way for every one of us. I think I've spoken about William Seymour every February for the last few years and outside of just February. But let me tell you, somebody that had to clear some space in his mind and during the waiting season, focus on the Lord. If you don't know much about William Seymour, have you ever heard of the Azusa Street Revival in California? This started because William Seymour, a black man, went to Bible college where he was not welcomed into the room where the other white students were learning the word and learning about the presence of God. He had to sit down the hallway in another classroom with the door closed so nobody would see him with his ear pressed to the door so he could hear the instructor speak about the word of God. I cannot imagine the clutter and the negativity that was going on in his mind during that waiting season. I can't imagine it. The thoughts he had to fight, the vain imagination he had to cast down and wrap himself tightly around the presence of the Lord, of the Lord, 
down three rooms and down a hallway behind a closed door from the rest of the students. But let me tell you something. I don't know any of those other students' names. Mm -hmm. Neither am I. I know his name. Yes. Because when he left that Bible college, he went to Azusa Street in California. 300 to 1,500 people showed up every night to worship at this place with William Seymour. Yeah. The denominations that you know today that were started through William Seymour's ministry was Assemblies of God, Vineyard, Church of God, and others through William Seymour. 635 million Christians Woo. in today's world can trace their heritage back to William Seymour sitting in a room three doors down from the rest of the students with the door closed to his ear pressed against the door, mm. decluttering his mind every night, probably battling thoughts. I, I don't know, I would imagine there was probably some hatred that tried to get in. Mm -hmm. And he had to cast it out. He had to declutter. Mm. And he had to choose to meditate on the word yeah. and wrap himself tightly around God. Yes. Nothing else. Wow. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. 635 million is 25 percent of the Christians in the world. Wow. One fourth. And almost virtually every believer that would call themselves Pentecostal or charismatic. Mm -hmm. yeah. yes. Go back to William Seymour at Azusa Street. So what's your waiting season look like? Mm -hmm. Paul, the apostle, had waiting seasons in prison. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what he chose to do? We all know the story. He praised. Yes. He sang songs. Do you know what praise is? It's acknowledging God. It's acknowledging something. It's inner thankfulness. Acknowledging something. That's what praise is. It's expressing thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so powerful. It honors the Lord. But it also puts our attention on him and we enter his presence in that moment through thanksgiving. The word meditation is important. There are, are weird uh, occult religions that have kind of taken that word meditation and, and kind of perverted it in, in weird ways and now a lot of Christians are kind of scared of it but the actual word meditation is found all throughout the word. Mm. I mean like they took one of the Lord's principles just like they always do it made it weird and gross. The Psalm 104.34 says, My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Amen. Psalm 119.97 says, Oh, how I love and treasure your law throughout the day. I fill my heart with its light. That's about meditation. Philippians 4, 8 through 9, Paul wrote this. From one of those prisons, in a waiting season, Paul wrote, keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind. I don't know how we can do that when we let some of the stuff in that we let in here. How are we keeping our thoughts on things like that? With all the media that inundates us all the time, from social media to TV to movies to video games, whatever it is. I'm not against all that stuff, but you need to be careful. You need to, to, to uh, what's the word, filter what is going in here. Because mm, yeah. if it is taking your thoughts off of what is authentic, real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, kind, then it's taking your meditation off of the Lord, off of the Word, and instead of your heart becoming entwined around His heart, it's becoming entwined around the principles of this world. 
Because let me tell you, what has your thoughts, what you are meditating on, is what controls you. That's right. Absolutely. You meditate on the Word, meditate on the Lord, and the waiting becomes infused with more passion and joy and love than ever before. Don't use the waiting season to, to binge watch another whatever it is. Again, I mean, y'all know me. I'm not against that stuff. But you know when you're putting something in there Amen. a little too much. You've got to spend that meditation, that, that waiting season, meditating on the Lord, entwining your heart to His. It will infuse you with more purpose than you've ever imagined. And Jesus, in His own life, we saw so much victory in His waiting seasons. In the wilderness, where the devil himself met Him face to face. We see victory after victory after victory in that moment. And it's awesome. What you meditate on, and that's what's controlling you. Your thought life, everything flows from it. As a man thinks in his heart, so, so is he. Come on. Every action you make, every decision you make starts up here. Mm -hmm. So what are you processing yeah. those decisions through? A mind filled with the word? Uh, a mind that in a waiting season is just wrapping itself around the, the mind and the purpose of the Lord? Are you wrapping it around a bunch of junk the world's throwing at you? Mm. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're either acting and thinking like the world, or you're acting and thinking like the Word. Mm, and our life will never center around assignment. It centers around Jesus. Mm -hmm. It centers around His presence. That's, such good, that's really good news, and I hope it's freeing for you. I hope it's freeing. The Lord is not looking at you, shaking his head, saying, oh, you should have been there a long time ago. That thing I put in your heart 30 years ago, you still don't have it. You're still not there. Shame on you. That's not God. That's not God. Remember, he said, Mary has chosen the better option. This is a lady who spent her life doing some pretty negative things. Mm -hmm. She was delivered from demonic possession. She was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. If I talk about wasted time, in the natural, she wasted some time. Jesus didn't say, now you better work hard so you can catch up. Mm -hmm. He says, sit at my feet. Because mm -hmm. that's the better option. Mm -hmm. Don't be in a hurry. My pastor always says, a righteous man, righteous woman never gets in a hurry. Amen. That's right. And we can talk about the prophet as the band makes their way back up. We can talk about the prophet in the Old Testament, Elisha, and the, the widow. Or, or the lady, she actually wasn't the widow, but her son had died. She meets the prophet and she says, Hello. And he says, How are you? Her son was dead. And she said, All is well. She wasn't in a hurry because she had a deep relationship. She knew it didn't matter about the time. But if you're in a waiting season, or if you've ever been in one, and, and chances are you are in a waiting season, right? Because once you even get to the destination, what happens? But the next waiting season, <laughs> yeah. the next destination. Mm -hmm. 
right? Right. It's just the way it works. I mean, like, like, what do you celebrate like a graduation dinner, and then all of a sudden your kids are in college, right? Then you then you have the college time, and then they graduate college, and you celebrate, and then you, you wait for the next rites of passage. But don't let the moment pass you by because you're so focused on what's come. Don't let the presence pass you by because your focus is the assignment. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand together. One of the things that we may focus on a little bit more here before this series is over is, this is the best way I think of to say this, is clearing out the mind clutter. Yeah. Clearing out those thoughts that exalt themselves against the Word of God. Man, William Seymour could have given into all kinds of thoughts and just left it all behind. But he was a lot more focused on the presence of the Lord than the presence of anybody else. You know, we're all facing things in our life, but I want to encourage you. When you turn your attention towards the Lord, your affection goes with that. You can't gaze upon somebody and something as beautiful as God and not just Pour out all your affection in the same place. It'll happen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that it guides us, that it's a light to our path, a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. That in that waiting season, every step we take can be lit up with the word and the truth. Thank you for the passion that we feel in those moments of destination, igniting every second, every part of our waiting period as well. Thank you that, we, that we're going to stop looking at waiting as, as being stationary or immobile. Come on. I thank you that that very word will begin to, it will begin to even define it differently within ourselves to where that word waiting, we will automatically automatically begin to think of it as a time to entwine our heart to your heart. Yeah. Thank you that when, when, when we get busy, when we get distracted, whether it's with good things or negative things, you will remind us of the best thing, the better thing, which is to sit at your feet. Yeah. Thank you that instead of being concerned overly with the assignment, our number one concern will be the relationship. I'm going to share this one last time probably right now, but we talked about it last week. We see an actual picture of this exact thing. When Mary pours out the jar of oil on the feet of Jesus. It's a year's salary worth of oil and perfume. And the disciples said, we could have sold it and done good with that money. That's assignment. They weren't talking about doing negative things. They weren't talking about building up their own kingdom. They weren't talking about whatever it was. They were talking about doing good stuff. But Mary just poured the oil out of the feet of Jesus. And she said, not only is she making the better choice, we're going to talk about this forever. Everybody will know about this moment because that was about relationship. Isn't that so easy to get twisted sometimes? 
very productive society. If we're not producing, we feel like we're behind. If we're not producing, we feel like we are less than. But that's not the way of the kingdom. That is not the way of the kingdom. If you've ever felt guilty for not producing, I want you to just cast that out right now. I want you to get rid of that thought right now. Some of us lived our whole lives thinking that if we're not productive, we're no good. Cast it out. Our call is a call to relationship. Simon comes along with that. But first and foremost is the relationship. Remember John 15, 15. I don't call you slaves. That's about assignment. I call you friends. That's about relationship. Martha, she's doing good things. But Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, is doing a better thing. We get to that place in his presence. We're not waiting for him to show up. Waiting is about waiting for the destination. He's here. Waiting is about wrapping our heart around his. Thank you, Jesus, for this relationship. Help us to, to stop getting it twisted and making it all about assignment and production. We love you and we're so grateful. Hey, let's, let's put it into practice. Let's worship here for a few moments together. This is actually the call. This is uh, what some people would, would call an altar call or something like that. But we are actually going to put this message into practice right now for a few moments. Just by putting our attention, our affection towards Him. Instead of running out to lunch or, 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 or doing anything else. Instead of going out and... and Buying coats for, for kids out of school right now instead of feeding the hungry right now instead of doing some good things. We're going to take this moment we're going to waste a few more minutes on the presence of Jesus and put this into practice. Let's worship together for a few moments. Put this word into action.